Well, good morning. I need a little more light in the room so I can see some people. Um, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. He beat you to it, Tony. <clears throat> beat you to it. Yeah, that song that they, they just sung is, is uh, one by Matthew West. It's on his new album. I think it's Brand New is what it's called. And um, so that, that's an amazing, amazing song. I don't get any money for this, but that's a great album to even own or listen to or stream from beginning to end. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, a lot of encouragement from that album, but nonetheless. There you go. Is everybody surviving? Everybody surviving the pandemic? <clears throat> we're, we're doing well. We are um, still alive where we should have died in April. Everybody good? So good. <laughs> great, great. Great. It is good to be in the house, house of God. And this week I was looking at um, Facebook, which is something, you know, people do. And I came across this cartoon, said this. <clears throat> what would you say right before dying? I just wish that I had slapped more people. <laughs> yeah. So that got me thinking. <clears throat> if, if that was me laying in the bed, first of all, who would be the guy that would come? Like, who would be the, the preacher? Like, would it be me laying in bed? And then I'd be like, okay. And then, you know, I kind of do the switch. Oh, come on, that's funny. That's funny. Or, or what would it be? But then I got to thinking, if Nicole wasn't in the room, what would I say that would be different than if she was in the room? So with Nicole not in the room, right, I would say, the bodies are in the backyard. <laughs> and then I would smile and go to see Jesus, right? And then from heaven, look to see people digging in my backyard to try to figure out, <laughs> was he really telling the truth or was this a joke? You know, they're trying to look for it in Louisville. Be all over the paper. I think it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. Yeah. So great. Um, we've been going through the book of Ephesians, and this morning's message is called Grace and Peace. Um, grace and peace is not something that uh, is unfamiliar to this church at all. In fact, I, I say it at the end of every, every one of our services, as you know. In fact, I say it so much that my children make fun of me. In fact, from time to time, they'll leave the house and they'll go, grace and peace. And they'll do the little, you know, how I do the little thing like that. And so um, that kind of gives me a complex a little bit. So I've tried before, and you haven't noticed this, but I've tried to stick my hands in my back pocket and say grace and peace. I've tried to do peace and grace, but that didn't work. So it didn't work in my mind. And I've tried to like hold on to my pants and stuff to not do the hand thing. And one Sunday, I didn't even say grace and peace. And on the ride home with my family, is something wrong? Are you sick? Do you have a temperature? Is this because of the wreck? I mean, all kinds of stuff like that. So no, I just didn't say it. I thought I'd do something different. And so anyway, I say it so much that, you know, I, I get made fun of at my house for doing it. Um, I'll tell you this, that there is something to those two words. There, there's something to those two words. And so if you'll turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 1, that's where we're going to start reading today, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 1. 
It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. Now, we stopped there a little bit, and we talked about the will of God, what it was for your life. We did that a while ago. We also talked about God being our Father back when we started this series. So we covered that over a period of a couple of weeks. And then it says, to the saints who are in Ephesus, the last couple of weeks, we have talked about putting on the new humanity, because that's what a saint is. You put on the new humanity. So we really dove into that word. And then we've talked about faithfulness in Christ Jesus, how you're supposed to be faithful in your walk. So we've, we've talked about all of those in the introduction um, of, this, of this letter. So let me just read it all the way through without all that. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The interesting thing about those two words, grace and peace, is every letter that Paul wrote, all 13 of them, start with grace and peace. So to Paul, these two words were very, very important for some reason. And so he would, he would start the letter with grace and peace, and that's how he would do it. It's 13 of them. Not only did he start his letters with grace and peace, but there's other scriptures that start their letters with grace and peace. For instance, um, first and second Peter starts with grace and peace. And Peter says, grace and peace to you. And, and he gives that out. And then in Revelation, it starts with grace and peace, right? Before we jump into the, the churches in Revelation, it's, it's grace and peace. And so the emphasis of that is, is pretty astounding. That is two-thirds of the New Testament that starts with grace and peace. So there must be something very special about these two words. So what is that? What is so special about grace and peace? Now, if you've, you've known me long enough, I, I mean, I've I started this this way. I, I love grace and peace. And, and I think about grace and peace often during the day. It's something that, that now is just a part of the habit of my life. It's not because I have a sign in my room. It's not because I end the services with it. It's just something that's been a part of me. And so um, it, it really colors my life in, in a lot of ways. And when I'm really on it, it helps me view people the way that I'm supposed to view people. These two words, grace and peace, very, very powerful words. So let's dissect them a few moments, this, this grace and this peace. Well, let's start with grace. Grace, first of all, when you tear it apart, means joy. <laughs> it means joy. If you have the grace of God, you have joy. If you do not have the grace of God, you do not have joy. There is a correlation between your joy and grace. And if you have broken that fellowship, if you've broken yourself apart from grace, you do not have joy. So you might be sitting here today and you're saying, well, I don't have joy in my life. Well, I submit to you that you have departed from the grace that God has given you. You cannot live in the grace of God and not have joy. It's absolutely impossible. So you have disconnected yourself from that grace. So joy, so joy. If you have no joy, you're not connected to grace. If you have joy, you're connected to grace. Joy is also pleasure. There's a pleasure in grace. Um, we have all these pleasures that we know that we shouldn't be a part of because they're worldly, and it's just not what we should do. They're temporary pleasures. Grace does not offer you a temporary pleasure. It offers you an eternal pleasure. 
It's something that is nice. It's something that, that is, it makes you feel good. It, it, is, it is a pleasure to be a child of God. It is a pleasure to do good for others. It is a pleasure to have the grace of God in your life. So you have joy and you have pleasure. So it's pleasure in this life to you. The right kind of pleasure, not the wrong kind of pleasure. It is the pleasure, honestly, of seeing the life of Liam that is a gift of God and him just enjoying life and he's happy. I tell you, that kid has two good parents already. I'm not saying the others don't. I'm not saying that you're not good parents. Yours can't walk yet. And I'm not saying that yours is a good. I'm not trying to say, oh, these other two really need work. I'm not trying to say that at all. But what I'm saying is there is a pleasure to the purity of Liam. I know he sins. I know he does things at home he's not supposed to. But there is a pleasure in seeing that life, right? Grace is like that. You have the grace of God. You have the joy. And you have this pleasure that it's just good to have the grace of God in your life and live in the arena of the grace that he has given you. There's grace. There's grace there. Um, there's also gratifying, gratification. Um, I was in Food Lion a while back, and in front of me was a guy that has had a case of, case of beer and formula. Okay, thanks. Glad a couple of you thought that was funny. I thought it was funny at the time. Case of beer and formula. And so the guy, you know, they swiped it. He made it through. And he tried to pay with one credit card. It, it didn't go through. He tried to pay with the second credit card or debit card. I don't know what it was. It didn't go through. And he used a third one, and it didn't go through. So he pulled out his wallet, and he had some money in his wallet. And he only had enough money to buy either the formula or the beer. And he bought the beer. Okay? So once you think about it a moment, he is about gratifying himself. That is not grace. He's about having a pleasure in this and not for someone else. That isn't grace. Grace would say pleasure is I'm going to put the beer back and I'm going to feed my kid because it's not just about me. It is about the child I brought into this world. Is everybody tracking with me? So the pleasure and the gratification is, what can I do for someone else? And if I can take this and put it away, and I can provide a need for somebody, or give someone, someone something they want, or create some type of happiness for them because of a gift I give to them, that is gratification. That is taking grace that was given to you and giving it to someone else. You live for other people. Grace is never about you. Grace is also, as we dis dissect it, acceptance and favor. Acceptance and favor. This is an amazing thing. You see, I should never have been accepted or favored by God. I don't fit in with God. I don't say the right things to be in the presence of God. I have nothing in my life where I would fit in, I would be cool, I would be a part of his heavenly throne. There's nothing about me that rates me equal to an angel or higher than an angel. 
There's nothing within myself. But God looked down and he said, I favor Philip Brand, and I'm going to tell him about the gospel so that he can accept it. The moment I accepted the cross, what Jesus did for me on the cross, and then the resurrection is the moment that I became accepted by God, the God that created me. Is everybody following me? You see, a lot of us spend a lot of time, or we have in our lives, some point in your life, or maybe you're doing it now, where we try to fit in and we try to do this and we try to do that. We try to say the right things. We try to wear the right clothes. We try to be with the right people in order to get their acceptance. I'm telling you this morning, grace it has none of that going on for it. As awkward as I am, I have acceptance with God. As nutty as I am, as weird as I am, I have acceptance with God. And to be honest with you, that's the only acceptance that matters. So I sometimes get together with pastors, and I'm not, I'm not one of these people that down pastors at all, but I have a group of friends, and sometimes I just don't fit in with that group of friends. I love them. I, I'm still friends with them. I respect what they do. Is everybody with me? But I'll walk away from that thinking, man, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, they are doing this over here. They have these ideas. It's amazing to me sometimes the things that they say. I don't understand sometimes the things that they do and how their church operates. And I, I just, it doesn't, my little mind just doesn't, can't wrap around what they're doing. So I go over here and I'm thinking, man, I'm just first generation pastor. I really don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm in this position. I just, you know, and you start thinking about you don't fit in and blah, 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 blah. But then you think, but wait a minute. There's grace. And they're weird. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, they're weird. I'm weird. And God has offered grace, acceptance, and favor to a bunch of weird people. You're sitting next to a weird person. Listen, I know, like, I know a lot of people in this church. I, I know about, I might forget your name sometimes, but I know your histories, right? You're weird. I'm weird, you're weird, we're all weird, but we're all accepted by God because that is grace, that is favor. And here's the key to this whole grace thing. There are no strings attached. No strings attached. Now let's unpack that one a moment. If there was strings attached, let's say that God in heaven said, okay, I'm gonna give you grace, but there's a couple strings attached. What exactly would he ask for? I mean, would I say, okay, Lord, I'm going to give you this tree? And he would say, well, I made that. Oh, I'll, I'll give you this field that I have. Uh, I made that too. How about my house, Lord? Why don't you just come live in my house? I made your house. No, you didn't. And I saw, No, I made the wood and everything that you had. I made your house. I mean, what could we give God? If we owned the Grand Canyon, Lord, I'll give you the Grand Canyon. Just give me grace. God would say, I made that several years ago, um, about 6,000 years ago, I created that. I mean, what could you give God? You can't give God anything. You can't give him anything. So God is in heaven saying, I am going to show favor and acceptance to anyone who receives my son as their savior. 
I love the weird people that I've created, and I want to give them a chance to be with me in heaven where they can be weird, and I can be their God, and they can worship, and we can just have a good, perfect time in heaven. In fact, he extended grace to you so much that he decided to take something that fell lower than the angels and put them above the angels. That is you and me. We have acceptance and favor of God. That is grace. Grace. Grace is joy, pleasure, gratification, acceptance, and favor. And then there's peace. Peace. Grace and peace. What in the world is peace? Well, peace is harmony. Peace is harmony. I think sometimes in our marriages we think that harmony is compromise. Like we, we say, well, we need to come together in unity, so we're going to compromise on this. So you compromise. And um, you walk away from that compromise not remembering what you agreed to. You, remembered, you remember what you lost. Don't tell me you don't. See, my wife, okay, and I have permission. My wife will tell me what she lost in that deal. And you know what else? I will tell her what I lost in that deal because what we agreed on no longer matters. And compromise isn't harmony. Harmony is something totally different and something more divine than you and I deciding what we're going to give up on in order to agree on something. It is something more than the issues. It takes us to a different level in our relationships. So peace is harmony. Peace is harmony. Peace is also binding together what is broken. Something is broken and it binds it together. Peace is also every single kind of good you can think of. Every single kind of good you can think of. It's, it's awesome. Absolutely awesome. My son, oh, she is here. Great. Yeah. I know, just kidding. It's real. My son, by the way, every kind of good, he, um, he and his sister has come up with this recipe for chocolate chip cookies. And, and it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But this weekend, this actually yesterday, he actually made them a little bit thicker. And so he, he stuck them in the oven, made them a little bit thicker, and I tasted one of them. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm not a sweet guy at all, right? But man, you put that chocolate chip cookie in your mouth and it just melts. Oh, it was just so good. Your, your glands in your mouth just start oozing around it and it melts it. And the chocolate is just so right. I mean, it's, oh my goodness, peaceful and, and good and pleasurable. Oh, it is absolutely incredible. And then it's gone. And that means that you have to eat another one, right? Now, during COVID, I've lost 12 pounds, okay? And you remember that little game thing that I'm doing, the little thing? I'm up to six and a half minutes on it, like playing the little game. So I've really tried, but man, those cookies, I had to go back for another one. And then I went back for a third one secretly that I didn't tell anybody about because it just melts. But once it's, once it's in there, it's, it's gone. I want to let you know that every kind of good that I'm talking about isn't something that just magically disappears because you swallow it. Every kind of good is what you remember. You remember it, and it's a part of you, and, and it's something that stays. So grace and peace to you. You see, I need grace and peace. You need grace and peace. 
We all need grace and peace. Now, every single one of Paul's letters starts with this grace and peace, and some of these letters are addressing things that are very difficult. They're, they're addressing conflicts in those churches. And so he, in his mind, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, decided that he was going to start this very awkward, these awkward subjects with grace and peace. So I submit to you this morning, what if you and I started our conversations with grace and peace? We started our conversations with the attitude of grace and peace, and grace and peace actually colored our conversations. If I was going to be in a conflict with someone, if I had very difficult people in my life, my first step was like, hey, grace and peace, grace and peace, grace and peace, grace and peace, grace and peace. And I started those conversations with grace and peace. What if I started my most difficult, handled my difficult people with grace and peace? What if I did that? You may be sitting here today and you say, I cannot, st- I cannot do that. I mean, there are people in my life I just can't. I just cannot think about grace. I cannot think about peace when I start those conversations with them. I I can't do that. Well, here's what you can do. You can pray. You can pray, Lord, I'm struggling with grace and peace. I need to show grace and peace toward these people that I'm struggling with. This is a conflictive situation, and I don't feel very graceful. I don't feel very peaceful. Please help me with that. And so you, you pray to the Lord, help me start these difficult situations with grace and peace peace. When you're in a conversation and it starts to head toward conflict, you say grace and peace, and it will slow down your emotions. They won't get out of hand. You'll think grace and peace. It's been given to me. I'm going to give it to others during this particular conversation. Before you pouted, I ain't in my way. What if you said grace and peace? I didn't get my way, but grace and peace. I didn't get what I felt like I deserved, but grace and peace. Because grace and peace is all about you not getting what you deserve. See, what you deserved was punishment for your sins. But Jesus Christ took the punishment on the cross for your sins and paid for those. And he didn't stop there. He rose three days later to give you life, to give you grace, to give you peace. It's not about getting what I want. It's about not getting what I deserve. So grace and peace. And when I pout, I think grace and peace. What if you and I had a contest? Who could say grace and peace first? Grace and peace. I just won. What if you and I had a contest? Which, which one of us could say grace and peace quicker? Grace and peace. I won again. What if you and I had a contest to see who could say grace or peace first? You won. You won. What if we entered every single discussion, everything that we did, thinking, who can show grace and peace before the other person? As silly as that is, it would change your life. It would change your life. It would change the way you view people. It would change the way you approach people. It would change your relationships. It would make you a stronger witness for Jesus. If you decided to start each day, each conversation, and try to get to grace and peace before the other person did. Not as a badge of honor, but because God first loved you and gave it to you. So you're giving it to someone else. Grace and peace. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 says this. 
There we go. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Did you know that grace is your strength? It's your strength. It makes you strong. You know that difficult person that you can't deal with? Grace can. Grace gives you the strength to deal with that person. Grace gives you the wisdom to deal with that person. Grace is strength. When life squeezes you, when it's got you by the neck and it's squeezing you, it cannot kill grace and peace. It cannot kill grace. Grace is stronger than anything life can throw at you. It's stronger than that. Grace cannot squeeze out your joy. I mean, I just lost my track of, of grace. I got so excited. Grace is so strong, it cannot squeeze the life out of you. It, it just can't do it. So when you start getting upset, grace is there, and it's stronger. It cannot squeeze the life out of you. Grace enables you, and grace clings to you. You do not produce grace on your own. It's given to you. You do not produce peace on your own. It's given to you, and it's given to you by someone that once you accept it, it clings to you, and it never lets you go. You always have it, grace and peace. Now, <clears throat> there's a story that I heard a long time ago when I was little, because we had a lot of revivals. I, I was in an independent Baptist church, and if, and I'm not making fun of them, but in an independent Baptist church, if it wasn't a revival a month, you wasn't having church. Where I come from, okay, you had to have the revival. Three-day revival, week-long revival, not making fun, but that's it. So I heard a lot of different preachers when I was a kid. So one of these preachers came in, <clears throat> and I can't really remember. I remember the guy's name, Jim, Jim Walton. I remember his name. That's not the preacher. That's the missionary uh, of the story. And this missionary was a Bible translator, and he went to a jungle tribe, and I think that it was Columbia. I think it was in Columbia, but I'm not really sure, okay? I'm not really sure on those particular details, but I know it was Jim Walton. He's a Bible translator. He's in the jungle somewhere in the world that wasn't America, okay? Wasn't America. So he goes, <clears throat> he goes, and there's a tribal leader, a chief, in his village, and, and the, um, the tribal chief was promised that he could get an airplane ride 20 minutes to the, another village so he could take care of some business, and then that airplane would bring him back. He was promised this. Well, the airplane did not arrive on time for whatever reason. Didn't arrive on time. And so the, the chief decided that he would go. It's a three-day journey to this other, this other village where he was going. He decided he would just go ahead and go so he wouldn't be late. So he left, and about a half a day into his journey, the plane landed in the village. So some of the village people decided to go after their chief to bring him back so he could, you know, fly, fly over there. So they ran into the jungle. They, they got their chief. They brought him back. And when the chief got back to the village, the airplane was gone, and it upset the chief. 
And Jim Walton said he said a bunch of things, but one thing, he kept saying this word, these two words over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, and he just couldn't figure out what the chief was saying, so he recorded it. So a couple weeks later, when things had died down, they were meeting, it was the chief and his little council, and, and Jim was trying to figure out some words, you know, to translate, and he said, I would like to know what this word is. You said it a couple weeks ago, you said it over and over again, I would like to know what this is. And so he played it, and the chief said... It means that I do not have one heart. I do not have one heart. I was betrayed. Someone made me a promise and they broke it. And therefore, I no longer have one heart with that person. So Jim took the negative part of that word off and took the, the base word and made the word for peace in that language. Because peace means that we have one heart between you and me. That's peace. One heart. I thought about that story and it really impacted me. Because Romans chapter 8 says this. There is therefore now no condemnation between you and God. I am one heart with God. I have been given peace and one heart with God. It is through the cross of Christ. It is through his resurrection. But that is a gift that he's given to me. And there is now, therefore, no condemnation between me and the God that created me, between me and Jesus Christ, between me and the Holy Spirit. There is no condemnation. I'm one heart with God. What a gift. And how can I not give that to someone else? You see, we disagree on things. If you hang around me long enough, there's going to be something you disagree with me with. You know how I know that? Because I know that there's things I disagree with you about. Come on. You know this is true. But we, we don't allow the disagreements to break us apart. We take the no condemnation that we've been given by our Savior, and we pass it on to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We should not hate another brother and sister in Christ. We should be one heart with them. One heart. It doesn't mean that we don't talk about the stuff we disagree with. It just means this stuff is not as important as no condemnation between you and I and me and God. That is peace. Peace can exist when we don't agree on these little bitty issues. Do you know why I can say that to you? Because I've already sinned today and still have no condemnation between me and God. There is things that I currently do during the week that he doesn't agree with, but I have one heart with him. There's no condemnation. Does he want me to stop sinning? Absolutely. Absolutely, but I still have one heart because there's no condemnation. And when it comes to my brothers and sisters in Christ, it has to be the same way. I have been given a gift, and I give it to other people, and they should give it to me. Grace and peace to you. Paul is saying this. There's some issues in your church, Church of Corinth. You carnal Christians, you. 
running around with all these other people saying you're of this person and this person and this person and this person. There's sexual things going on and, and you're not treating people correctly and, and there's a lot of stuff you should work out and I'm going to write a letter to you, but grace and peace because we have no condemnation between us and God and me and you. I'm just trying to tell you how you can live better for Jesus. Come on, church. So grace and peace, there's nothing between us. Our hearts are together. One heart with God, one heart with others. Ephesians chapter 1 is a status chapter for the believer. Okay? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Philip, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Insert your name. You're a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the will of God. To the saints who are in Ephesus, I'm a saint, you're a saint. We're all saints if we receive Jesus, right? It's the status. And are faithful in Christ Jesus. You have to be faithful. Grace to you and peace. It's, it's a status. We should be people of grace and peace. It is what should ooze from us in everything that we do. Are you living below that status? Now, I grew up in a, in a time period, and some of you did too, where you watch TV and you just put up with the commercials, right? And, and commercials back then, um, I, I can't believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say, had better songs than the commercials that we have today, right? Like, raise your hand, raise your hand if you're sure, and it was deodorant, right? <laughs> And the guys had hairy arms and the girls didn't, but you raised your hand if you're sure. I still do that sometimes to, to people and they look at me, especially if they've never seen that commercial, like, what? Sure? What are you, what? Yeah, confident? What? Anyway, you know, you had better jingles. Like you, you even had better slogans like Mikey, Mikey will eat it, right? You, you had stuff like that. Well, we had commercials. Well, in this age that we're living in, you can stream stuff like movies without commercials. It's a blessing from God. It's just a little taste of heaven that you don't have to listen to all these commercials. See, I'm old enough right now. You don't have to convince me to buy something. I already know what I need. I don't need a commercial telling me what I need to make my life better. My life's pretty good. I don't need you telling me what else I need to make it better. Yeah, I have a pretty good life. I'm, I'm content with that, so I don't need your commercial. Well, recently... Um, YouTube has started throwing these commercials into what you're watching. It's irritated me to death. But the first time it happened, um, <clears throat> we're sitting there watching a Dude Perfect. If you've never watched a Dude Perfect, you have missed out on life. There's some stuff that they do. It's just absolutely incredible, pretty mind-blowing what Dude Perfect does. But it was a Dude Perfect thing, and uh, a commercial came on, and my son, Quinn, said, Dad, what did you do? I didn't do anything. It's a commercial. But I wanted to see that shot. I know, I know. They're going to get back to the shot. And let me go ahead and tell you how that's going to end. They're going to make the basket. Okay, I know it was flying through the air, but it's going to go in the basket. That's, they always make it. But this is just a commercial. So it took Quinn a little while to, to get used to the fact that you're watching this video and all of a sudden you're interrupted with this commercial that has nothing to do with anything that you're watching on YouTube, right? And it's something that you don't even want to see, really. So, so you're interrupted with it. This message is going on, this, this show is going on, and then you're interrupted. 
What if you and I allowed ourselves to be interrupted at time with grace and peace? What if when we're going through a rant, you know a rant, you know what a rant is? Let me sound it out for you. Your husband comes home. Your wife comes home. That was a little lower because it's guys. But what if during your rant on the government, on the school system, on whatever it is, on whatever your wife did, what if on your rant you said this, um, I'm interrupting this rant for the special message that is a lot more important, grace and peace. What if we allowed ourselves to be interrupted when we are like doing the little rant thing? What if when we are down, we're saying I'm worthless, I, nobody likes me, I wish I had done that better, oh, I'm so goofy, why did I say that on stage, what in the world? What if at that moment where we're just getting ourselves down and further into depression, we said, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I interrupt this little depression moment to say grace and peace. You're not horrible. Grace and peace. You're accepted. You have favor. Grace and peace. You have joy. Grace and peace. Quit making it about you and make it about what has been done for you. Grace and peace. How about this one? How about this one? We seem to think, or I've heard this say, said, that if something good happens in our life, it's God. If something bad happens in our life, it's us. I interrupt this lie to say grace and peace because it isn't about what God is doing good or what you are doing bad, that is a lie. That is just a lie. It is about grace and peace. Let me tell you something. God allows some things to happen in your life to teach you something. And it's not always the good that he's involved with. He allows some bad stuff to happen to teach you a lesson and to help you with faith. He does all of this to help you with grace and peace. He's waiting for you to say, I interrupt this moment with this. Grace and peace is what's going to help me get through. Grace and peace. Turn to your neighbor and say, grace and peace. Grace. Yeah, I like that little voice. Can you say that again? Grace and peace? Yeah, grace and peace. <laughs> All right, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I'm going to read that again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I submit to you this morning that there are things that aren't grace and peace, and there are things that are grace and peace. And if you're about to enter into a situation where you're not thinking grace and peace, you're entering into a situation where you're disconnecting yourself from the gift that's been given to you by God and you're handling all this with your flesh. This is where fear enters into your life. A lack of faith enters into your life. This is where sin enters into your life. This is where you literally go down. 
because you didn't enter this moment with grace and peace. This is when you are making the world around you worse than it should be. When you enter into situations with grace and peace, you make things better. And let me qualify that, you making things better. It is God working through you through grace and peace that makes your environment better. It is up to you to color your life with the grace and peace that has been so freely given to you. If you decide not to color it with it, it's going to be darkness. And it's going to be stuff that you shouldn't be participating in. And your life is going to get worse. But if you color things with grace and peace, even the bad stuff you realize is temporary. Even the bad stuff that happens to you doesn't take control of you. Because once you're coloring things with grace and peace, you realize that it's not the bad that happens in life that's going to choke you out. It's not that. It's not the bad stuff that's going to take life and joy from you. What happens is when we disconnect ourselves from grace and peace, it's when our joy leaves. But as long in every situation, if we have grace and peace a part of our life and it's coloring us, that is a moment that nothing can come against us to take our joy. Nothing can come against us that takes our peace. We can cry, ladies and gentlemen, and still have grace and peace, joy and peace. And cry at the same time. But we cry with hope. We cry with peace. We cry with grace. Something that God has given us to inspire us and strengthen us. It is an amazing thing. An absolutely amazing thing. I will tell you this. Every since grace and peace has been part of my life. And you know that it is. And I've marinated in it. It has made me a better person. It has made me see people the way that I should see people. And I can tell you, it's, it's a, rare, a rare moment where I disconnect from it. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I'm saying it's a rare moment where I disconnect. I see everybody through grace and peace. I've marinated in it for over 20 years. Every day I think about it. Every time someone calls me on the phone, grace and peace goes through my mind. Every time there's a situation that someone else can't control or something that I can't control, I think about grace and peace. Every time I get a little upset with people, I take a moment and I say grace and peace. And sometimes, depending on what that is, I have to say it a lot. But if you allow it to color your life, you will find that whatever you're going through is nothing nothing compared to the positive way that grace and peace colors that situation and actually works it out. See, anxiety is not a part of your life when you're tapped into grace and peace. It's just not there. Grace and peace is outside of this world and it's something that you can't produce, but it is something that you can take a hold of as a gift and give to other people. You can live in it. You can't make it, 